podcast. Uh, welcome in, wonderful listeners. Uh, yes, lovely people, hot chicks. You know, we assume there's some hot chicks listening to us. I don't know. Weird Australian guys. Yeah, I yeah. think um, and random person in like Budapest or something that listens to us. Yeah, there's a person <laughs> in Budapest. <laughs> and uh, but you know who where no matter where you're from or who you are and uh, we, we welcome you to the show and um, yes and in case you forget because i always do this towards the end of the show so not forget the rubble radio podcast is our website where you can find all of our links and uh to all the apps and and things that we're on we're pretty much on every major podcast app that you can find um apple and whatever else there is now uh spotify iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, just in case you didn't know, and uh, we encourage you to join our Rebel Radio Facebook group. And I wouldn't say join the Twitter page because I hardly ever update it, but it's there if you want. Or sorry, it's an X page. It still sounds like a pornographic yeah. website to me. Well, Twitter is X. Twitter is kind of like a pornographic website. If you kind of is. Going. Yeah. You know? Or even and, if uh, you don't know where you're going, you'll, right. you'll run into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this well, and Instagram's not much better nowadays. It's like maybe that's just people I follow, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and whoever keep whatever porn bot keeps trying to post links to our Rebel Radio Facebook group page, I hope your ball sack itches forever, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, it's like, good lord, man, dude, a lot. It's a lot of it. It's like I'm not going to click on your link to spyware or something. You know, it's yeah, like, just stop. You that's know? number one. You're not going to tip me with a big booty bimbo in my face on my those porn links. Yep, we're like Paul Rudd, uh, you know, and uh, and forty year old virgin. We don't want your big box of porn, Andy. That's right. Take your box <laughs> and throw it in the trash. Is that we'll owner Sam's O three? Watch porn on our own free time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, man, we're we're gearing up for. Uh, you know, it's, we're getting, man, we're already in late February, man. It seems like this year just started and, uh, you know, we're going to be gearing up here soon for our, uh, um, a po- April theme month, possibly, you know, um, I'm not going to give any details on that. Then we'll gearing up for our 10th anniversary show and then our 400th episode and then comic palooza, man, May, May is going to be just wild, man, you know, with everything going on. Um, but it's going to be a fun one and, uh, you know, we haven't uh, decided what we're doing for the 10th anniversary show, but we're getting there. And, and uh, you know, and then the 400th episode, that's a huge one. And uh, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we kind of have a tentative idea of what we're going to talk about, Con Um We're trying to convince our other co-host, Long, to uh, come along with us for his expertise if we choose that topic. So um, we'll have to persuade him with uh, bananas and hot chocolate or something. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tuna fish. Yeah. yeah, just sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah or maybe great. just maybe just some sake and get him drunk and you know. yeah, sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever drank sake before? Not not the stuff they sell in the grocery store, like the wine, like real sake. No. Yeah, I've, I've been to like Japanese steakhouses and yeah, stuff it's like re- that it's served warm and it's uh, the rice it's not real good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I it's yeah. an acquired taste. I guess you have to grow up drinking it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, it'll get you, you fucked know. up. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, just like not good. But Tom Cruise kept calling for it in in the Last Samurai, and I'm like, and so I'm like, yeah, I would, I would love some sake. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is probably some great stuff. I mean, and I'm Tom like, Tom wanted it's probably awesome. 
Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is kind of not what I was expecting. No, no, that's not. <laughs> um, but man, uh, how's your week been? Yeah, it's it's been a good week. Uh, you know, pretty smooth, pretty quiet. Um, you know, checked out uh the movie with Glenn Powell or no, yeah, Glenn Powell. I think it's Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Yeah. And uh and Sydney Sweeney. I'm sorry. Uh yeah. Anyone but you. Well, not for her, but I mean, sorry you had to watch that. Yeah, there's a. This is definitely. I mean, a, the trailers look bad, man. Come on now. Yeah, they they do. It, the trailers looked. Uh, it looked mediocre to me. Uh, but Jackie was like, "Oh, you know, I think I'd like that movie. I think I'd like it." And I was like, "Okay, I'll yeah, we'll just watch it. You know, screw it. You know, I I'll, I'll just watch it." I, mean, I was like, "Sydney's in it, you know." Score? Did you at least score afterwards for watching that shit? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, <laughs> okay. I don't know if it was because of it, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah. It probably was because of Glenn Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was because of Glenn, man. Yeah. He, you know, if he wants to do the heavy lifting and get the engine sure. warmed up, you know, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'll, I mean, once it's Sydney, in drive, Sydney, I'll Sydney hop in. Sydney, my, Sydney, Sydney will get my engine warmed up. Yeah, man. She, uh, but, you know, she's probably the best. Her and, her and Glenn are obviously the best, uh, actors in this film. And it's like, it's very, uh, I don't know. I feel like the acting is 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 kind of hollow. Like I, I feel like like maybe Attack of the Clones was was better in, in acting <laughs> and portraying you know the emotions you're supposed to be for sure. Yeah, you know, and uh, so but there are like I will say some. There's like a handful of of bright spots. Uh, there's a part where a I, I will you know it's it's been out for a while so uh, a. Uh, Spider gets into Glenn's Glenn Powell's underwear or something, and Sydney Sweeney's trying to, you know, make it look like she actually likes him. It's one of those movies where they kind of like each other. There was some, you know, something that happened between them. They don't want to admit they like each other, but they want to make it look like they like each other because their exes are there. And so they're like, yeah, let's just pretend. But, anyways, sh- there's a spider in his crack or something. And he's like, oh, there's a spider in my clothes. Let me just take everything off and, you know, flash my butt to the screen. And then he's like, is, is it there? And she's like looking up his butt to see if there's another spider there. And it's so Glenn Powell's just, he, yeah, he's like heaved over. And Sydney Sweeney's like, well, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't think it's there. <laughs> wow. Is she really, I'm like, is she really just looking up his butt right now? Probably not. Yeah. Probably camera tricks. Probably. But you know what? Maybe she maybe she was. Who knows, man? Uh and, and then there's a uh there's an Australian dude that uh calls his his wena an auntie and then it shows the My dude's pee Yes. What? Yeah. He has it in his hands, but just just the tip. And he goes, Oh, my auntie Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. You watched this? I'm sorry. I think we I watched it. I told you the movie was told you it, you know, played for the gay. other team. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was gay. The movie was gay. There's also a gay wedding in it. So it's it's wow. gay. Yeah. Man, you just watched a whole full gay movie. <laughs> yeah, man. I did. It was a rom com disguised as a gay com. 
It, yes. Yeah, man. The Trojan horse. They throw me. Sydney Sweeney in there to say, get the guys interested. And then the Glenn Powell in there for the girls. And then it's really, that's not what it's all about. That's what it, that's what happened. And you man. spent your hard earned money on the shit and watched it. I did, man. I could have, I could have gone to like, you score. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, there was that. There was that. Um, you know, I guess it, from what I hear, I it's, hope you a manly movie after that to get your man card back a little bit. I did. I did. You know, I watched, uh, I think I watched Abbey road, you know? Wow. No, no, <laughs> uh, no I, 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 uh, actually, I don't, I don't know if I've seen anything. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I think that's the last thing I've watched. I, I haven't gotten the taste out of my mouth. Nope. I tried, but you know, the kids are, are always taking the, I, I played battlefront. I don't know if that counts. You go in and shoot, uh, you know, shoot down some small, droids. It's a small portion. Small portion. Okay. Yeah. I mean, small I do watch the, uh, the bad Pat season three kicked off with three episodes yeah. and uh, man, um, good stuff so far, man. First three episodes. And, uh, man, I, I don't, I want to say this spoiler free because it's just came out and I know you haven't watched them all in the, the stuff they're doing in the show is um, if they're if they're going where I think they might be going with it, um, Filoni, in the work he's done on the, these animated shows, has not only made the prequels amazingly better. Yeah, there's stuff in there that he's doing that could lead into what happens in the sequels that will make people appreciate the sequels more. And, and I, that's why I always encourage people to watch the animated Star Wars stuff. Don't just throw it away because it really enhances the universe, you know, of, of what's being done in the last several years of Star Wars. And granted, some of the live action shows, you you could you don't really have to watch Mandalorian, I don't think, or 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 even Boba Fett. But but like Rebels and Ahsoka and the Clone Wars stuff, I think some of that's real essential yeah. to what's going on with Star Wars. Um, even Obi Wan, you don't really have to watch that show to keep up with the overall picture but definitely the animated stuff and, and ahsoka and um i mean and and the bad bat season three starts off with three really strong episodes uh um and, and just the character development that show has been so good over the two seasons so far and and uh, i can't recommend it enough and, and i was one of those that at first was like yeah you know we need more clone stuff and the first two or three episodes it's a little tough mm -hmm. to get into once the show gets rolling man it's so well done. Um, it's just well written, well, well um, voice acted. Um, and, and I'm kind of sad that it's the final season. It's going to end. But I also think that it's a story that needs to end at a certain point. You don't need to continue this show on for five, six seasons. I think three is enough. And, and I have a feeling Filoni's not done just because Bad Batch is in. Nah. He's probably got something in the pipeline. I mean, been rumors for a year about an animated series that has Luke and Leia and Han in it. Um, you know. Uh, so we'll see, you know, where it goes down. Cause I, I mean, if you think about what they're doing, it almost makes sense to do an animated series next that is post return of the Jedi that can tie in with the Ben Solo stuff and, and the new, and the first order and things like that. I, I just feel like that's a route you almost have to take after where you've been, especially mm -hmm. with uh, the Ray movie coming out and things like that. It feels like you're going to want some stuff that ties in with that stuff. You know, and, and well, I mean, I, this is all speculation by me. I don't have any insider information or anything, just things I've read on the internet. Um, 
that uh, that that's happening. Um, so you know, we'll see. But the Bad Batch season three, man, I I can't recommend watching it enough. It's really good stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, I didn't watch a lot this week either. I uh, I started a movie on Max, but I haven't finished yet. It's a um, man, what was it called? God damn it, I can't. It's a it's a Kira Kurosawa film, um, Throne of Blood. It's on Max. It's one of his samurai Throne movies. Of blood. And uh, I need to go back and finish it. And um, it, it's it's good so far, man. It, you know, Kira Kurosawa is the master of that genre. And uh, you know, we've got his classic Seven Samurai on the docket here uh, soonish. Um, my possible spoiler that could end up being our 400th episode because it just feels like such a special film to to do. Um, as a milestone episode because um it's it's one of the most influential films of all time if not the most influential film of all time for anyone that watches science fiction westerns action films if you've never seen seven samurai then you know um but but throne of blood is good stuff too man so far that i've watched it but i need to finish it um i was kind of dozing off watching it and subtitled so it's not good to uh-huh. doze off watching a subtitled movie so i had to turn it off and i gotta go back and finish it um but that's kind of all i watched this week um yeah, I've been kind of slacking too, man. You know, it's like I'm going through that phase right now where I'm going through like the streaming services and like, man, I kind of want to watch that. But there's been nothing new enough to make me like really want to watch it. Like yeah. next week, uh, I'll watch Aquaman. It comes on Max on the 27th. I'll watch that, you know, for sure. Um, even though DCU ended, I still want to see that last Aquaman film. Um, you know, I thought about like watching the new the Taika Waititi movie, Next Goal Wins, a soccer film. It kind of looked funny, but I was like, yeah, that's just kind of what I've been doing with like the streaming services lately. Like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. Don't. That's the question. Why am I paying twenty dollars for the streaming service? Why don't you fucking use it? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. Got to get uh, your use out of it. But uh, we got a little bit of of a uh, you know we don't we don't make news priority in the show anymore. But then there's sometimes there's things I want to talk about. We uh we got a premiere date for the boys season four June thirteenth. Feels very far away, but then it's not that far. Yeah. Um, it just feels like there's been a long time coming. It's what almost two years since season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like uh, that's good news. The kickoff of Boys season four on June 13th. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, and then, uh, this man, this Crow remake is still happy. It's still it's a real thing. I mean, it's it's filmed. It's in the books, uh, starring Bill Skarsgård, and it's got a release date now of June 7th, which is uh you know about a month after the. 30th anniversary of the original film. And, uh, you know, some information leaked out from the test screening footages, the test screenings for this film that happened back in December. And uh, this was supposed to be, you know, the, the YouTube videos have been pulled down, but there's still transcripts and things out there. Because, uh, um, man, as a Crow fan, I've been reading some weird stuff about it, man. Like, it's weird because people that saw it said it's actually good. But yet, if they also said if you're a fan of the original film and the graphic novel, you're probably not going to like it. They said if you take it as a crow film, it's good. It doesn't feel like an Eric Draven film. Um, mm. They were saying like he doesn't even put on the makeup till towards the end of the film, and the whole point in him putting on the makeup is to hide his his sadness as he goes about the vengeance of his deaths of Shelley and him. I mean, th- so does the filmmaker not get that point? You know what I'm saying? You've you've read the crow. You've seen the original movie. Um, yeah. So that's the whole reason he's behind the makeup is to hide that information and then uh, apparently the bad guy has powers too which in the alex proyas film you know it alluded that the crow gave him his powers that was a bit of a change in the comic because the skull cowboy stuff 
didn't work out with the special mm-hmm. effects back then. And I was fine with that. But but Michael Wincott's top dollar didn't have any powers. You know, he uh, he just found his power from being a cunning badass who tried to defeat the crow by killing the bird. I mean, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, so those things I've read about it uh, are just bizarre to me. Um, they said that Skarsgård gives a good performance. He's they said you know he's not like Brandon Lee, but they said for what what he's given to work with, and he he does fine. But man, uh, I'm expecting a trailer soon for this if it's uh, coming out in June. You know, uh, um, interesting man. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, out of the blue. Yeah, the only other disappointment the 4K version of the original Crow is coming out on May 7th, and uh, the the special features are a little bit disappointing. There's like a new brief documentary on it, and uh, some other things, but a lot of the special features are just repeats of versions you've already owned, same deleted scenes. It just feels like with 30 years of tech, and we and there's people, there's more crow stuff out there that's never been released. We know that there's they filmed skull cowboy scenes, but they didn't work out. Instead, the skull cowboy scenes that you can see on the previous Blu-rays and DVDs are, are part of the montage. It's like, why not just release those scenes? Um, it, it's kind of weird they didn't aren't doing more for the 30th anniversary uh, yeah. 4K release um, of, of that classic film. Um, so I don't know. How do you feel about this Crow reimagining? I mean, I mean, we are getting the Crow again, but like you said, it's uh, now. I always felt like it's a movie that didn't need to be redone. Um, you know, but there's money to be made. Um, so, you know, there's always that. Um, I'm going to go see it if it's released and it's on time, of course. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll go to theaters to see it. Just because, like, the things I've read about it, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's got my interest. Way weird. You know? Like, compared to the source material, it's, it's sounds off. Um but uh, you know me, I'll just I'll just go see anything <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's odd. I I, did, I thought this thing was like dead in the water. Um but very surprised that it's uh, it's come up and it's gonna make it to theater somehow. Yeah, no, I mean I mean apparently it was it filmed you know last year, so it's been done for a bit and uh, you know, and I knew I had read I had some test screenings around christmas time and stuff like that and uh, and there was a lot of talk that the movie wasn't going to come out till later this year but apparently it's ready and done and it's going to have a little bit earlier release um and then it had been moved up as early as a march or april release but now it looks like it's going to be early june uh so the studio must have um some faith in it they're giving it a summer release you know yeah i guess um so i, I mean I, i'm assuming the test screenings went well and things uh despite um the rumors that are on the internet you know, because I mean, even though they say they're test screen leaks, I still think you got to take them with a grain of salt and rumors. So, you know, we'll see. It's just a movie and a, and a, a comic, and and uh, it's very near and dear to me. The Crow came out in a time in my life where I was really kind of maturing and growing up some, and, and discovering you know graphic novels that weren't just Batman and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. then the movie came out at the right time, and it just kind of the death of Brandon Lee and everything, the movie just kind of, you know, hit me at the right time. It's one of my all time favorite films, period. You know, so, so we'll I see remember, how it works out. I remember those Halloweens where everyone was the crow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a huge, uh, became a huge pop culture and 
then we all know I've told the story before about, you know, when we first start out this podcast and, and uh, I did a little interview with James O'Barr at Complus and, and talking about that time, Luke Evans was going to star in the remake and uh, talked to him a bit about the crow, went to his panel, which was great. I, I can't, you can't remember if you were there with me at the panel and uh, you know, and then uh, I lost the interview and I was so upset. And then I found the interview a couple, maybe a year or two years later mm-hmm. on the anniversary of Brandon Lee's death. And I just, so bizarre and so weird. It was like meant to be. I, I know we played it on an episode later after that. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's just neat stuff, man. Uh, so yeah, man, so a little bit of news this week. Voice premiering and the, some news on that long digesting crow <laughs> remake. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's get into today's featured film, which is a uh, a movie that, man, I still cannot believe you had never seen this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a... Just a, a classic from the 90s. Uh, I mean, a Best Picture nominee. Tom Hanks, I believe, was nominated for Best Actor. Um, movie won a couple Oscars for, I think, sound effects, editing, and a couple other things. And uh, and um, directed by the great Ron Howard. And uh, most of it was filmed in our home city, too, out at NASA. And that is uh, Apollo 13. And, man, this movie goes to a, it's a dramatization of the true story of uh, – the Apollo 13 astronauts, which were going to be uh, the second group to land on the moon, if I remember right, because yep. Apollo 11 was the first and Apollo 12 did not land on the moon. And uh, Apollo 13 was going to yeah. be the next group to land on the moon. And, uh, and the 13th hour on the 13th day. Yeah. And yeah. It, it stars Tom Hanks, uh, the, the great Bill Paxson, uh, Scary Sinise, uh, Kevin Bacon. In fact, everyone that's filmed is, is fantastically good. You know, it's just a really well-acted movie across the board. I mean, Kevin Bacon's not always been known for his acting, but you can tell that he showed up in this. He realized he was working with some good actors and he wanted to do a good job. And um, and, and it shows. Um, and Ron Howard's direction is superb in this. Uh, you know, and it deals with the real-life dramatization as uh, the Apollo 13 reach, goes into space, into orbit, and uh, to head to the moon, and a malfunction occurs on the ship. And uh, so people at NASA and, and Mission Control have to work hard to find a way to bring them home uh, safely. Um, and it's still, to this day, bringing them back home is still considered one of the greatest achievements of NASA and of, of mankind, almost yeah. as great as landing a man on the moon, uh, because they really thought there was no hope of getting them back home, that they were lost, and but, but they managed to do it. Yeah, it was 10 to 1 odds, yeah. 10 to 1 odds that they would make it home. The TV coverage was... Every my mom told me that every day that's all they talked about on TV was these astronauts getting them home. It became a major worldwide event as people were watching to see what NASA and, and the U.S. government were going to do to get these these men home. And the government, for their part, just really was more support because it was all up to NASA. And yeah. uh, and and but uh, but amazing group of men. Uh, Ed Harris plays uh, the uh, mission control uh, chief, and uh, between them and they do their job and to ultimately bring them home into safety. Um, and, but, but the movie, this is uh, one of those dramas. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a textbook drama in the way that the story unfolds, but man, is it riveting, you know, is, yeah. and that's, I think from the direction of Howard to the actors and their jobs, to the pacing of the film, to the musical score, it doesn't feel boring you know, no, at all. Doesn't. I mean, it it's goes really by real fast. Movie. And that's like why I want to get your because <laughs> it's your first time you ever saw this. So what were your thoughts on it? Because, you know, sometimes it's hard to watch 
you know, movies that we watch now and then watch a drama from the nineties. Cause it is a little different, man. I think one, it's one of the things that saved him was Gary Sinise's character when they thought he was going to have a fever and have the mm-hmm. measles sometime up uh, after launch and, uh, and halfway through the moon um, because they detected measles in his blood. And so they right. held him back and that's how Kevin Bacon got in there. Um, and that's I feel like that's what helped him because he knew the spacecraft um, and, uh, you know, he was able to find a way to buy him a little bit more time. Um, and they do a really good job, like dramatizing every everything that they face from, you know, how are they going to uh, have enough fuel to get back? Like, OK, they're going to have to go all the way to the moon and back and use the the return orbit um, to to get them back headed this way. And they're going to have to use the lunar modules, you know, pro, uh, propulsion system, even though it was only meant to just leap off from the moon, not go back. So it's like, man, we've got to, we've got to bet on this. All right. This wasn't really meant for this, but hopefully this works. And then they've got the carbon dioxide sickness. And so they've got to come up with a new filtration system out of just stuff that they have there. And they're like, all right, these guys are about to friggin' die right now. Um, here's a, they, they MacGyver it. Here's a, a square yeah. and a, a, yeah, a, a square object and a round hole, uh, you know, or, or vice versa. Some duct tape, uh, a suit, you know, a, a glove and, they, you know, make it work. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and they make it work as to, to buy them some more time. Um, and, everything just falls together and ed harris's character is excellent you know whenever he says you know what i think this is going to be our finest hour and uh and it ended up being the finest hour um and and it flip-flops between what the astronauts are going through um by arguing with each other you know kevin bacon Mm -hmm. was the alternate and you know bill paxton was like you know oh you know what did you see whenever you you stirred the tanks what you know and you know tom hanks's character He's trying to to keep them together, and mm-hmm. and keep stop them from fighting. Um, they they also yeah, have a water them, what, what, is your, issue. what is your objective? You know, yeah, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think he actually said that. I, I believe uh, whenever I was reading reading up, he actually that's an actual quote. Yeah, it was his, based on the book from Jim Lovell that he wrote himself, and uh, so a lot of Lovell's dialogue is as close as he can remember to saying those things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then his wife and Le- uh, Lovell's wife. Um, it, it's also showing the story back on Earth through her mm-hmm. eyes um, as well, and and what she's going through. Um, and uh, and man, it's uh, it, it's changing perspectives a lot. You have you have NASA. Um, you've got uh, is it Fox? Uh, I think Fox is the other is the other uh, station that is helping. And then you've got uh, Lavelle's wife. You've got the astronauts. And then every once in a while, it goes to like the studio, um, the new studio people. They use a lot of real footage, too. They did. Walter Cronkite and such. Yeah. Walter Cronkite. That's the way it was. (laughs) But but yeah. And and then they they also used pictures that were taking that were taking taken from space uh, aboard Apollo eight. 
um, which I guess Lavelle was part of that mission. And uh, he alludes to previously being up in space before um, with the, with his current supervisor. Um, same guy from the uh, mission impossible films. I was like, I was like, that's the guy from the mission impossible films. I oh, forget yeah. The, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he was with us on Apollo eight and now he's our boss. Uh, but it's a, it's a really good film. It's, you know, they've got great performances out of pretty much everybody. Kevin Bacon, like you said, um, usually not the kind of actor you would have in this film, but he gives yeah, a Yeah, not that Bacon's talent. a bad actor, but Bacon just yeah. kind of, uh, Bacon's kind of an actor for hire. You're going to hire him, you're going to get Kevin Bacon, you know? Yeah. But he steps it up in this film with the other Popcorn actors. film, you know? Popcorn yeah. film guy. Uh, and uh, this, yeah, it was a different type of performance than we're used to seeing from him. Um, Gary Sinise, you know, the only films I'm really used to seeing him in is, you know, real, really Forrest Gump. Um, and True. he's, uh, uh, Hanks. Gary Sinise. Oh, yeah. Sinise. Sinise. Uh, yeah, no, Hanks, you know, I see him, see him in everything. I, I love, saw a lot of Hanks movies growing up big. I remember seeing yeah. big, uh, I loved that movie. Um, but this is, this is another one for him. Uh, just great performance from him and then bill paxton reminding us why we love bill paxton he's he's fun um he uh he can show emotion um and uh you know him flipping out it seems genuine um the vomit rocket is uh is convincing <laughs> that he has up in space uh but yeah yeah man uh I, I enjoyed the film and it was, it was cool watching just the scrambling and trying to stay calm and everyone's drinking like, you know, two pots of coffee a day. They're not sleeping hardly <laughs> at all. Uh, they're taking naps in the mission control room, <laughs> just randomly on the floor and then waking up and, you know, all right, what are we doing? You know, and lots of 1970s haircuts. Yes. Lots of 1970s haircuts at high top. <laughs> The old high top. The old high top or the bald comb overs? Yep. Oh, yeah. A lot of that. <sighs> Imagine if you wore a bald comb over now. No, dude. You'd be lit, lapped out of a grocery store. Yeah, dude. For real. That's like <laughs> just, set, just 1972, cut it off. you could go to the grocery store with your hair like that. You know? That's right, man. That was the dube right there. That's it. Uh, or the donut, you know? Be like, you know, hey, the donut. Baby, you like my comb over? I've got it yeah, going on, don't I? Got three <laughs> strings. <laughs> Um, you know, in this movie too, uh, Jim Lovell, uh, and, uh, the real Fred Hayes, who, who Bill Paxton portrayed a lot of them were, were on set and were, uh, kind of, um, what do you call it? Uh, man, what's the word? Consultants. consultants, consultants on the film, yeah. you know, they helped with, with it. Uh, you know, and Jim Lovell said he, you know, he, when he saw the film, he said the CGI was so convincing that he felt like they had use NASA footage or something of some kind. Yeah. That was kind of funny. And, uh, cause I was thinking that too, watching this for 1995. Um, it's a really good looking movie. You know, it's, uh, cause there's some stuff That's you can totally watch good. in the nineties that is kind of rough. I mean, you know, you got the Scorpion King or movies like that are just like, wow, this is, yeah. but, but, uh, but this is a really, really good looking film. And, um, and, uh, I think that what makes it convincing that you're you're buying into what these astronauts are going through, and, and I want to go back and talk too about. I I love I think that's what makes the pacing of the film so well is the multi layered stories between the wives, 
the 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 NASA crew and then the astronauts up up top because you could have easily made this movie and and been a focus on just the astronauts. But I think it's important. I think Ron Howard understood that it's important that all the men and women that were involved in this to get them back home. That yeah. it took it took a group of people, not just just the three astronauts to do it. Because the three astronauts essentially don't do anything except what they're told as they're trying to figure this out. They're scared. They're frightened. I mean, can you imagine floating in space for 11, was it 12 days? Something like that. The only thing yeah, was being almost 15 days total, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, like, wow. I mean, I mean, you're, then, your whole yeah. thoughts are you're going to die. I mean. There's no one out there. It's no. like, it's this just big empty, you know? Yeah. You're, you're relying on the trust of men that were um, on the ground to get you through this. Like. I mean, when they told him, we need you to go around the moon into the dark where there's no contact, you're like, what? I mean, so for the next 12 hours or whatever it was, you can't contact anyone here in the darkness of the moon. You, They came out on the other side. They didn't know where they were going to be. Were they because they were they going to get slingshot away from the moon's orbit or was it going to work? Luckily, yeah. it worked. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if it didn't work, they were gone. But luckily, they believed in the scientists that helped them get through, and it did work. They came out on the other side, and they were slinging shot back towards Earth. And that's when they had to use the lunar module to give it a little push and get back in yeah. line. And, uh, and man, somehow it amazingly worked out. And then I think about this. I'm a big fan of NASA and the space program. And, and uh, I am um, excited that they're going back to the moon on Artemis. And uh, I think it's, uh, I think this is a, one of the finest achievements that NASA I mean, going to the moon and hell, building a rocket in the first place is a fucking achievement, right? But yeah, I, I really think that they bringing these men back home is one of the greatest achievements of the 20th century. You Especially know? a rocket that doesn't just blow up when it hits something, right? Uh, or, you know, it one that actually has multi-stage propulsion systems um, and and gets people into space. Yeah, and then and then it's just. It's just such an amazing achievement. And I know NASA has, I don't want to get into NASA and its detractors and its conspiracy theorists that it's all not real. It's, I'm sorry. I'm never going to believe that. There's no way you can cover up 50,000 people that work for NASA and tell me the shit's all fake. It's just not, I don't think that's possible. Exactly. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think going to the moon and space travel is important for for the world. I know there's people in the government don't think it's important because they have to fund it, <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's important, you know, and I think going back to the moon is important. And, uh, and Apollo 13 is one of those stories that just makes that inspirational to go back to the moon. I mean, this is one of those movies that after you watch it, like you feel like you want to go live, like do something inspiring, you know, yeah, man. go to the moon, you know, or work for NASA, you know, even if it's like serving sandwiches, you know, and it's like, I want to be there, dude. And it's cool, too, because, I mean, I've been to NASA and I've been in the room. You know, I, one of the tours I did was the mission control room. And it's pretty cool when you watch a movie and, and see, like, Matt's in my own backyard. It's 40 minutes away out there in NASA Road 1. And yeah. I stood in that room that Ed Harris stood in to, and to um, to make this, you know. And I think that's pretty cool, you know. Yep. Yeah, I think Ed Harris still sports that flat top, man. I mean, he always had a flat top pretty much his whole career. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ever not had a flat top. Now he's pretty much bald, but you know, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna keep this, and then uh, I'm gonna just play a bunch of military roles, and and it'll work. Yeah. Now, yeah. Okay. Now looking at this. Yeah, 
it was it was almost it was filmed most of it was filmed here in Houston and then Johnson Space Center in Florida or Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Johnson Space Center is here. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Tom That's Hanks, awesome, man. Ed That's... Harris stood in that room. Yeah, man. We did we did Robocop two last year and then we're doing uh Apollo thirteen here. Films yeah. that were I mean there's been a few movies, here. you know, like Space Cowboys with Clint Eastwood was filmed in at NASA, but uh yeah. NASA has always been pretty generous to Hollywood and allowing them to film there when when it's needed. Uh, Armageddon, you know, a lot of that was filmed at NASA, you know, here here in town. I remember reading about that when it was being filmed that Billy Bob Thornton and them were filming. uh, You know, now obviously the asteroid things were all built on sets in Hollywood, but they filmed parts of that movie here in NASA. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, But uh, it just kind of blew my mind that you had never seen this. I guess just one of those that just accidentally escaped you, you know? Yeah. And it, you know, I know the quote, but it's one of those, like, you know, I I think maybe, you know, I I would see that it would, it was on, you know, streaming somewhere, uh, playing on, on one of those random cable channels. And I was, you know, just always pass it up. Cause I'm just like, you know, I was younger, you know, it wasn't like my, you know, it's not Michael well, we, Bay we presents like, Apollo. Yeah, when you're like 13. 14 years old, it's probably not a movie that's going to really appeal to you unless you're really into NASA. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's science fiction, but it's real life science fiction, and it's more of an adult story than as a kid, you're probably not going to watch Apollo 13. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but man, I'm I'm glad I, I caught it. I was definitely late to the party because um, that's exactly what it is. I feel like the, uh, the runtime feels like it's under an hour um yeah. and it's it's really about two it's like two hours yeah because you know sometimes we'll do these movies for the podcast and i'll watch them over a couple of days you know i'll yeah. watch an hour here an hour there but uh i sat down and watched this straight through the other day you know i was like it's just because it's it's that good it's riveting um you could have argued it could have won best picture that year even though it was just nominated I didn't, yeah. I didn't look to see who did win in 1995. And and people forget, this is back when Tom Hanks was just on an absolute roll. I mean, starting with Philadelphia to Forrest Gump to Apollo 13, all the way through Saving Private Ryan. I mean, Tom Hanks had a seven or eight year period there where he was just in all these great films with his great acting abilities. And and um, his, his mannerisms is Jim Lovell's wife even was so shocked about how Tom Hanks acted just like Jim Lovell. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and mannerisms and yeah. yeah. And I think that's pretty cool to show you how good Tom is. I mean, he's one of our greatest actors of all time. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, this movie some is the, just full some of, of the, Yeah. Some of the stunts that they had to do, apparently they, you know, they had to fly up in a Boeing and then whenever the Boeing would f- kind of free fall, um, they would obtain like a weightlessness. And so some of those scenes, like, like there was a minute that they used mm-hmm. from the free fall of that Boeing jet to film some of that. Yeah. Um, everything else was, you know, used, used camera tricks for that, but, um, they, that's what they had to do to, to achieve some of those special effects. Yep. Yeah. And I think I read that none of them actually threw up on the vomit comet when during training, they actually all made it through and they were proud of that. Yeah. So, and they said a lot of, and I think the NASA engineers saying most actors don't do that. That there's most of them usually someone throws up. <laughs> you know, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, but and though I think the biggest thing rewatching this too, and I have to mention this every time we do a movie with him is a, I just miss Bill Paxton. You know, every time. Yeah, man. 
And then Gary Sinise, man. I mean, I know he does TV work now. He was on CSI for a lot of years, and Gary went from moving, doing movies to doing mostly TV work now. But, you know, Gary Sinise is always, he's such a good actor. Oh, Gary Sinise, man. He does do a good job. He does what you what you ask him to do. You know, he's not the uh, the headliner, but no. he's a pretty good support, supporting character. Yeah, no, he, he's, he, does, he does a good job. Um, but, man, Apollo 13, good, solid film. Um, one of the best of the 90s. A great dramatization, a great story, and a true story. And that's what's cool about it. You know? Yeah. And made tons really of money, had, too. Uh, yeah, made a lot of money at the box office. 500-something million worldwide. Yeah. Uh, which was, I think, like two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, like ten times its its budget. So huh. pretty darn good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, next week we um, we're gonna kick off the beginning of March with a movie that came out during COVID and uh, but but found a home, found enough at the box office and found enough fans on max and through video sales because this this is a franchise that has a huge following uh dune fans are very loyal to the books to the david lynch films to the science fiction miniseries so we thought with dune part two coming out we would go back and take a look at dune part one Did you see? There's a crusade coming. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream them? Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. He'll lose that one too. Arrakis is a death trap. Kill them. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? will be born. All of civilization depends on it. The future. I can see it. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone. Only I will remain.
uh, directed by Dennis Villanova. Uh, this is not a movie that I was a huge fan of when it came when it came out. Um, I like the way the film looks. I like the way it it's presented because Villanova is an amazing director, one of the best yeah. we have working right now. Um, it's more I just don't find a lot of interest in the story, but I want to talk about it because I feel with the new one coming out, you know, our people listen to the show, they like to, you know, current events type stuff. We're doing part two coming out. We'll go back and look yeah. at doing part one from a couple years ago. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and I, it's not that I dislike the film. I just, I don't find the story super interesting. So, but, uh, but I'll explain all that next week whenever we talk about it. Uh, has some good performances in it from Timmy, Timothy Chalamont and, you know, and several other actors, you know, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, you know, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, a lot yeah, of really Josh good Brolin. actors in this movie. So, um, so it should be fun to, uh, go back and rewatch it this week. And, uh, I think it's still on Netflix and, on, and it's on Mac. So plenty of places to watch it streaming and we'll go back and discuss Dune next week as, uh, we get ready for Dune part two in theaters, which I probably won't even see in theaters. I'll just wait for it at home. Like I did the first one. Cause it's yeah. like something I want to go see, but it's three hours. Kids ain't going to want to watch it. It's like, when am I going to have time to go see part doing part two in theaters? You know, it's like, oh, I can wait if I have to That's see true. in the world. And then whenever, sometimes when you take kids to go see a movie, they don't want to see it. They, they make a big fuss and stuff. Yeah. They get distracted. Yeah. So it kind of just ruins like, your, my oldest, he would watch Dune, but the little ones, it's just too complex of a story for them to be interested in it. Yeah. So, and that's fine. Um, so that's next week on the show, but until then, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, the rebel radio podcast.com for all your rebel radio needs. And, uh, thank you as always for listening. We do appreciate it. And, uh, until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember as always, just go, just there, and go there and do it. it.